I'm Heather, and this is the Living with Addiction podcast, where I show you how you have more power than you realize when it comes to helping yourself and your child that's struggling with addiction. Hey, everybody. I'm excited to have a special guest today. And a few weeks ago, I shared with you that I went to a sound bath on the beach. And I was sharing that because I was wanting to convey how important it is to put our own oxygen mask on first, to you know have a great self-care routine and really just invest in ourselves. And so I was talking about the time investment for me to go do this, you know, it's about six hours between round trip and the sound bath. And it's totally worth it to me to invest in myself that way and have that experience. But that's why I shared that a couple of weeks ago was just wanting to share some of the ways that I'm putting my own oxygen mask on first. And so um, I asked Lindy, who does the sound bath on the beach, to be on the podcast because I wanted to really share more of this experience with you and give you the opportunity to learn more about it if you've never heard of it. I had not heard of anything like this until about maybe a year ago and it was just kind of by accident. So, and it's just been such an amazing experience for me to, um, I think like we get so easily stuck in that fight or flight when our kids are struggling with addiction and we need ways to calm down our nervous system so that we can remain healthy ourselves and you know engage in you know finding solutions that are sustainable instead of being stuck in that fight or flight and not being any good to ourselves or our kids so that's why I wanted to ask Lindy to be on today. And um, do you want to introduce yourself, Lindy, and tell us a little bit about you? Sure, Heather. Thank you for one. Thank you very much for inviting me today. Thank you thank for having you. this available for people that are struggling out there. And the information is really, really valuable. Oftentimes, people don't have this information available to them, right? Until we stumble upon something like this. So my name is Lindy Romez. I've been doing sound healing in the St. Pete area for over five years now. Um, I'm a trained musician. I'm a veteran. I served three years in the army as a musician as well. I work with veterans suffering with post-traumatic stress. Um, And anyone and anyone that is having any sort of underlying issues, most of us that are struggling something with our bodies and minds, first, it happens in the mind. We're struggling with things in our life, and then it makes manifest in the physical body or even in the energetic body. So, yeah, I totally agree. And that's what um, one of the reasons that I sought out energy healing and sound healing was trying to figure out I was a numb person for so long. How do I get that? <laughs> how do I get all these emotions out of my body now that I'm ready to process them? Right. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of people are running away from something. Yeah. Right. Especially emotionally. If it gets too tough and it gets hot in the kitchen, we want to run out. It gets too tough emotionally. We want to close the doors. We want to close off anything that's uncomfortable. And this life is all about feeling fully. So if we are not feeling fully in our everyday experience, we are going to have issues on down the road. 
period. Yes, I totally agree. Mm -hmm. I used to have um, a lot of physical pain in my body for no reason because I was pushing down my emotions for so long. And, um, you know, I just was going to the doctor all the time trying to figure out what was wrong with me. I felt awful. And, um, but I did not make the connection until a couple of years ago that it was because I didn't want to feel anything. And so I just mm. push it down into my body and I felt horrible all the time because of it. So now I'm like the poster child for feeling your emotions because <laughs> it's like so important. And I just want to talk about it all the time. And so I spend a lot of time talking about how to actually process your emotions and what they're signaling to you. Yes. And, you know, it's really brave, especially right now, to acknowledge for one that you're having emotions and you're having feelings and you're having um, opportunities that are not so, I, I don't like to use issues. So I try to, you know, create it with because everything is sound and vibration. So we all have things in our life that comes up that not is not as positive as what we would like them to be. Right. So anything that's as has any sort of dis-ease in it, we don't know what to do with it, except for if you face it on and you ask yourself really questions, how am I feeling about this? And dive deeper to find out what the root cause, where are you going with this? How are you truly feeling? And allow yourself, honor yourself enough to feel what you feel. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that it just emotions and discomfort it's just a little bit of discomfort, but I think a lot of that comes from not understanding what the emotion is about and then feeling like you're not, you know, you're knowing you won't be stuck in it. Like I have confidence to go deep into my emotions and allow myself to grieve or feel whatever I need because I know I won't get stuck there. And I know that it's an important part of the process now, but before I would have avoided it at all costs. And like you said, we're either moving away from how we don't want to feel or towards how we do want to feel. And if we aren't doing that intentionally, then we miss really a lot of opportunities to learn and grow. Correct. Correct. And, you know, a lot of people, especially now after and during this still this pandemic, people want to, to be in feeling what this normal they want to get back to whatever normal is. Well, normal is not growing. Normal is just being stuck in the same old and expecting something the same. And if we're not growing, then we're not evolving. If we're not evolving, then we're, we're, we stay stagnant. And no one likes that. No one can appreciate someone that is um, so stuck in their issues and not wanting to everybody can see it too right right you're going through things you're like you we all have friends like okay that one right she's just good with just staying exactly where she is and she doesn't even see for looking and who's going to be the one to tell her yeah so it is our opportunity every day to grow and of course with sound and sound healing it's basically a way to meditate but in a deep meditative state most people cannot meditate it's yes. not physically possible. It is very, it is difficult. It is much easier with um, sound healing. I was very surprised by that. And, but I have been doing energy healing or, you know, receiving energy healing for like a year. And that's actually how I learned to meditate. It was kind of funny that um, the lady would come to my house 
And we were getting disrupted every time after a while I was expecting a specific experience. And you talk about this on the beach because we're outside and there's a lot of disruptions. And I was getting very annoyed by the disruptions and the more annoyed I was by the disruptions, the more there were. And so it actually though, the, the good thing about that was it pushed me to start meditating between our sessions so that I could block out the distractions and not be annoyed by them. So it actually really helped me in the long run. Yes. Yeah. It, it's funny because I know when I talk about it on the beach, I ask people if they were annoyed by the birds, if they're annoyed by the people that are walking and talking and passerby. And if they were, I asked them to add another five or five minutes onto their meditation in the morning yeah. because right. Cause it really, if you're annoyed by something, who is annoyed, right? So when you're looking outside of yourself, they're annoying you. You think it's the other people that is, is doing the annoying, but you are the one that's annoyed. They're happy. You yeah. hear their voices and they're, everybody's, the birds are happy. You're in nature. So when you are able to integrate yourself to allow yourself to be in a space of whatever you hear is part of your meditation. And you're grateful to be present right there in the moment without any judgments, because if you look at the one who's annoyed, then one who's annoyed is you. Yeah. And that's such a great point, because when it comes to dealing with our kids' addiction, we are annoyed by the addiction and we're so resistant to it that it doesn't matter how hard we work at saying the right things to our kids or, um, you know, just trying to. To, like create a better relationship with them because they can see our tenseness, like the brain reads the, the, you know, the, the body language and the tone, here's the tone, you know, more than they see, hear what you say. And so right. as long as you're resisting, then you're never going to be able to create the relationship that you want. So it's like, we're the one who stuck with it. And mm -hmm that's something that I definitely learned from meditation was how to release things like that, that, um, and deepening that mind body connection that I had, be, you know, it was just totally disconnected before I had no mind body. I didn't want to feel anything. And so right. I was so disconnected from my body. Mm. Um, but so th since this is really around the topic of self-care, I wanted to know, like, how you got into your self-care practice and like if you've always had a good practice or if there was just something in your life like with me it was my daughter's addiction that's you know what pushed me to really understand and learn about self-care like was there something in your life that was a catalyst like that for you you know I've always been aware I remember as a very young child let's say I remember going to the beach like 18 years old I'd feel a little bit off I don't know what it is. I couldn't put my finger on it. I would take a pad of paper with me and I would go to the beach and I would ask questions of what I need clarity on. And I would sit there. I'd take question number one. I'd close my eyes and sit there in front of the power of the Atlantic. I grew up in, in Titusville on the East coast of Florida. And that beach it's called play in the beach um, growing up, but the power of the ocean sitting there in nature is so powerful just to sit and ask your question. We all have the ability to get the proper answers if we ask the proper questions. Yeah. So if you're asking for something, you said, what do I need to know about how, how it is right now am I feeling and why am I feeling this? And sit down with that and just allow whatever it is to bubble up in your heart space. So I've kind of had a 
always had this awareness. It helped that I was, I grew up in a household with a mother that was uh, psychically aware. We couldn't talk about things outside the house. I mean, she channeled, she was, uh, I look back now, she was a guru. So you could ask her anything and she would give you an answer, but, and you knew that this answer is it would come down. It would be, there would be some word missing. It's like, it's coming right from the universe. Wow. Because the universe doesn't talk like we do. We don't, they don't use the fluff words. They just give it to you straight. And then it leaves you with chills. So I, thankfully I was, you know, grew up in an environment like that. So I understood that, oh my gosh, we all affect each other. We are all, this is all sound and vibrations. It's really important to watch your words, even to yourself, Mm -hmm. what you say to yourself. So yeah, thankfully I was, um, I was raised in that way. And it just, I just kept on sharpening my tools, so to speak, but then the universe will have other uh, opportunities for you. So it gave me a a car accident in 2000. So Mm -hmm. I'm a musician in 2000, I suffered a neck injury. So I wasn't able to play anything for about four or five years. So during that time, I lost my identity. What I thought was Lindy was music and music was Lindy. And when it was gone, I was left with the understanding of, well, who am I? And now past, you know, I've gone yoga certified, meditation certified, sound healing certified, Reiki master. I've, all, I've gone through all these modalities now to further this understanding of the who am I part of it. So it's really important that we know who we are internally. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know who you are here, you can't give to other people. Right. So yes. it's creating this awareness within yourself and finding out. You mentioned something earlier, Heather, about resistance. You know, when you want your child to be perfect, you don't want them to have this addiction. You don't want these things and you're you're frustrated by what is happening and you don't feel like you can do. There's this thing that we all want love and support. Yes. And when you're put up against those um, barriers, right, you can't help your child you don't feel like you can do anything to help your child then you feel helpless but if you stop and it's not about you and it's not about them it's about this person who is suffering and how can i be that point of support and love what do they need from me right now yes yes you know sometimes you forget to ask them what do you what what do you, what can i do for you right now what do you need from me if you need me to sit here and hold you i will do that Right. But we get so frustrated. that like, I don't know what I want. And we, you know, throw our hands up in the air and we don't want to be a part of anything because we don't know how to swim in these waters. Yes. So I used to work with women in sober living after their treatment, they would come to the center and I taught them yoga and meditation and sound healing and um, I did Reiki on them and counseled them. So we, we, I got to see almost like the vein that runs through each and every one of them is their self-worth. Mm-hmm. somewhere along the line they don't know who they are right so I don't know if I answered your question or not <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> and I do want to talk more about that because I think it's really important but I want to go back to something that you said that you didn't know who you were without music and mm-hmm. I think that that's such a great point because that's where a lot of parents end up when their kids addiction hits And, you know, even if they have other kids, for me, it was my only child. I had this 
total identity crisis. I didn't know who I was if I wasn't her mother. And I mean, I was still her mother, but it, things changed so drastically that we, if we don't see that and we just blame the addiction or the car accident or whatever it is, mm -hmm. then we lose the opportunity to really get to know ourselves and learn and grow and create something beautiful with our lives. But I think that that's where so many parents and you know other loved ones just get stuck in it's the addiction and missing like oh i'm feeling disconnected from my child because of the addiction and so you know that was another big thing i had to learn was really how to show up with just love for my daughter like who she was in that moment not who she was before her addiction, not who I wanted to be and all of my hopes and dreams for her, but just mm -hmm. loving her as she was in that moment suffering. And I had to learn to love myself the same way. Right. And it's made me a totally different person. And I would have never learned that without this, you know, going through her addiction. Of course, I wish I could have learned it a different way, but, you know, and so that's, that was the path though. And then now that's what I'm trying to get the message out to parents is that that's really what we have to go through for our own recovery and to support our kids when they're ready. Right. Right. And it's, it's all these experiences that we go through that actually pave our way to what we're supposed to be really doing. It's really helping other people. So you can't teach from a place of not having experienced it. Right. So you mentioned to go back with um, after the car accident, I didn't know who I was for four years. I didn't think I would ever play any instrument at all. And that was my reality. I went down such a bad tunnel of my own. Um, although I wasn't addicted, I couldn't live without painkillers because I was in chronic pain. Mm. I had was taking anti-inflammatories. And then I got four years into it. I decided to take myself off of it. All medical modalities were not working for me, and I was done. Then I started reading everything I could on Buddhism, meditation, Eastern philosophies, and I found what worked for me. And what worked for me was going back into producing some sound just by sitting in meditation and just toning. So the first time I sat down with, um, I'm in the middle of writing a book as well. So this is all going to be in there. But the first time I sat down with a tool, which was a meditation prayer beads mm -hmm. and a sound or a mantra that I chose to accompany this 108 times, it took about 15 to 20 minutes to do this. The first time I did that, something remarkably changed. I thought I knew the power of sound because I played one of the most powerful instruments in the world, a trumpet. Right. The, so, the most subtle sounds, like even that the Tibetan bowls emit, what you can sing with them, even oming or aahing, just inhaling and aahing and exhale. These subtle sounds help us to align our bodies and our minds. Yeah. For a moment, we don't think of anything. We're breathing in and we're focusing on making the sound. We feel the resonance throughout the whole body and that's where all of this started to get a little bit deeper with sound and sound healing because it's not the loud instruments it's not it's what we can do for ourselves even a, a small hum like there's a meditation called brahmari it's a it's called a bee breath brahmari is a bee breath in in sanskrit but if you breathe into the nose and you close your ears and hum however long 
you're able to slow down your breath and you'll breathe within one minute about six times. And most people in stress breathe anywhere from 15 and higher inhalations and exhalations in one, one minute. Right. That's huge. So the breath has a lot to do with our, um, our nervous system, calming the nervous system, getting into the parasympathetic nervous system versus the fight or flight, the sympathetic nervous system. So, yeah, so it's the sounds, it's the vibrations, it's the, um, when you're in that state, you're able to actually get to a place where, oh, this is who I am. Yes. And it'll start to reveal itself over time. It's not going to happen overnight because what have we been practicing all of our life? This, we're in this world of competition. We're constantly um, hating on each other. We're hating on ourselves. We're not good enough. They're not good enough. Someone's judging on you. This is how we live our life. Just trying to navigate through those thick densities in this earth. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be like any of that. We create our own reality. So the point of focus if it's not positive in nature, it's going to be negative in nature, period. Absolutely. We do create our own reality. I never understood that before. I'd heard it before, <laughs> but until I knew that our thoughts create our feelings, then okay. the light started coming on. Yes. Um, but do you want to explain what a sound bath is just in case anybody's never experienced one before? Sure. So a sound bath is basically the, the easiest way to meditate because you're lying on your back and it's Shivasana. If you've taken yoga before, it's the last pose in yoga. So it's very relaxing. You're, if you're able to stay still during the time that the sound is being given, then you're able to go into a meditative state. Cause so when the body is relaxed, the mind follows that relaxation. And then when those are in alignment, when the sound starts, it helps to relax the body and actually bring the sounds of the bowls emit frequencies that balance the body and the mind, both physical body and energetic body. So the crystal bowls emit different frequencies, overtones and undertones. The Tibetan bowls, the same thing, the vibrations of the Tibetan bowls. If I'm doing a session on somebody within about five or 10 minutes, they're in a deep meditative state if they're still. Yeah. It's, you're, it's almost like you can't stay awake. You cannot stay present. So it's so simple that it's like, I, I tell people, I was like, if meditation were easy, we would all be doing it and there would be peace reigning on this earth, but it's not easy. We can't stop our heads or minds from thinking. We can't stop the laundry list of the, the list of to do's. We can't stop all these things, but using sound, it just takes you there. It just like kind of pushes you right over this little sweet spot. And for that hour, you're being bathed in pure sound. The crystal bowls are made of 99.9% .9 silica, which silica is throughout every cell of our body. Mm -hmm. The Tibetan bowls, they're, and they all have the same notes. So there's the seven main chakra system, the energy systems in the body. They have different notes associated with them. So the crystal bowls and the Tibetan bowls both have these notes, plus the frequencies above them and below them help to harmonize. So when you experience a sound bath, it almost feels like you're, you've gotten a tune-up. You know, when you take your car for a tune-up, yeah. you're driving it off the lot. You're like, this feels like a brand new car. So you kind of feel like that. You feel like you've been cleansed and you can't put your foot on it. You can't put your finger on it. You can't think about how that happened or we always want to know everything, right? So it's just a way to relax the mind 
and get the mind into a theta brainwave state, which is a deep meditative state. We cannot do that on our own. So most of us, as we're navigating through our everyday life, we're in this brainwave of beta, which is, you know, sympathetic nervous system. We're constantly going, doing, having to run and do something. Right. If you're able to drop down at a beta and say you're having to do something like pay bills or do some reading or homework, then the brain waves will drop down into an alpha brain wave, a concentrative brain wave. You can be there for a little bit. And when you're there, you'll feel like you're in the group. Oh, I can read this book for about 30 minutes and feel good. I'm here. Right. Below that is a theta brain wave state. Most people cannot get there or stay there. So basically we're stuck in this kind of alpha and beta wave and more people now are, are taking things from it for, for sleep because right. they can't fall asleep because, and it makes all the sense in the world, because if your brain is staying in these brainwave states in order to rest, you have to tap into the frequency just below theta, which is Delta. Right. So my understanding with sleep is they say we need eight hours of sleep, but if you're a meditator, you feel rested with three hours of sleep. Mm. So people, it, it amazes me when people say, oh, I couldn't sleep last, a wink last night. I got up at three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, well, what did you do? Well, I beat myself for the next five hours, right? Because I couldn't go back to sleep. I'm like, wow, you just wasted all that time. You could have asked the universe, what is it? Oh, and how do I feel? Do I feel rested? If you feel rested at three o'clock in the morning, why are you going to beat yourself up? Right, yeah. So it's, I hope I answered that question. But <laughs> you did. I can, I can deal with all these tunnels. It's just, it's, it's so deep, the practices. And it's so interesting how it kind of, we all affect one another too. You can go into a room and someone can be really like irritated and you may not have been irritated until you walked into that room. And all of a sudden you have this sense of irritation. So in sound healing, there is this plate, there is this, idea called entrainment so you will entrain if their that frequency is stronger than yours if you're not able to, to maintain you're happy when you go into a room and some or they may entrain to you right so um it's the same thing with the bulls you entrain to the bulls to the peacefulness of the bulls so there's so many things that are happening during the sound bath that over time I mean, the first time, of course, you, you definitely know something major just happened here, but as you come more and more, you're able to get in a deeper, more deeper and more deeper state of meditation. And then it helps you to start your own meditation, even if it's just for five minutes of breathing and just watching your breath. Yeah, it was so powerful to me. Um, that was my second, the first time I went to yours on the beach, that was my second time I had done a sound bath. And I mean, I felt amazing after the first one that I did, my daughter and I went and did it together. And, um, but that one, I had been experiencing so much heavy stuff for a couple of months. Like I had, you know, been just a couple of months since my breast cancer diagnosis and my daughter's, you know, had relapsed with her addiction and it just felt, I felt so intense all of the time. I was processing such a heavy load of emotions. It's like getting mm. a fire hose <laughs> of emotions yes. trying to process. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I knew that I needed help to get through all of that. And I, 
I went really deep. Of course, you know, we're outside. So something, you know, like startled me, but then I had this really beautiful experience of releasing all of that negativity and all of the fear, you know, that I was Mm -hmm. feeling about everything in life. And I just, it was replaced with a sense of being very powerful. And I've really been able to maintain that and keep that mm. with me ever since that day. Like you said before the meditation, the, the sound bath started that if that we would walk away a different person. And I was thinking to myself, you know, she sounds really confident about that. I don't know about a different person, <laughs> but I really felt like I walked away a different, it was like the best version of me, you know? Right. And I just left all of that heaviness behind. And honestly, dealing with things has been much easier since then. And of course, that also makes it easier for me to invest the time knowing that that's what's going to happen. Like if I'm doing an amazing thing for myself, right. it's such a beautiful experience that, you know, that's one of the reasons I want to share it with people. I want everybody to get to experience that. It's powerful and you, you've experienced it yourself, you know, the power of it, but, um, so you don't walk away a different person. You walk away with a little lighter of the same person you are. And there's like these layers. If I said it that way, I apologize, (laughs) but normally I tell them, um, when you get up, you're going to shed something that no longer serves your highest good. Yes. Period. Something is leaving you today. If you want it to leave, some people like their garbage. Right. Some people have gotten so used to having this drama in their life that that identifies them. Right. So when you have something like an accident that takes everything away from you, you you're there. You have no other choice. We're doing this. Right. So um, fortunately, that things like that will happen, that you, you have no other choice but seeking what it is that you can do for yourself to make yourself a little bit more lighter, pain free, kinder, freer. So yeah, when I, when you ask these really good questions, like, you know, how is this serving my, my highest good right now? You know, when you feel something that's not aligned with you and what can I do right now that would be more in alignment with me? You know, and then you start uncovering, well, this is, you'll understand, well, that is not me. This is me. I'm me is right here. Yes. So that's so good. Yeah. So when another thing that you do before you start is giving the guidance of like, if you're having a moment like just stick with it. And, Mm -hmm. um, I learned that like with energy healing the first couple of times, something like different happened. And I, I was like scared or uncomfortable. I would just like breathe through it. And so I knew what to expect by the time I got to the sound bath, that if anything like that happened, but, um, I think it's also really helped me to sit with intense emotions much easier and realize that everything is really just a little bit of discomfort, even Mm -hmm. though we have much bigger words to describe it, or we feed into it and make it worse with fear. So like, can you talk a little bit about that, like leaning into it and what, what that's like in the meditative, meditative state? Absolutely. So the mind is always wanting to be engaged. And most of us don't have control of our mind. Our mind tells us all these things and creates all these stories that are, most of them are not true, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you're first going into a meditative state, you, you, the best way to experience it, and of course I, I guide people through the relaxation through the whole body because 
once your body is relaxed and you can feel when you go through that relaxation, you're, you're shutting things off. You're shutting your forehead, your eyebrows, you're, you're just relaxing your whole body. So when these, your body and your mind's relaxed, then everything else just follows that. So most of us want to think about what's happening. We want to, well, what's happening with this? If, if, if it's something, um, startles you what's happening right now you know we want to jump into that oh my god this is a reaction that i need to have right now so when we live our life primarily in a fight or flight state we react to everything yeah when you start meditating it takes that reaction away from you and you begin to become more responsive right so being aware of what it is you're feeling and staying with what you're feeling and feeling fully what you're feeling knowing that you know, the, the, the space that I create there is so really important. People are coming from everywhere. I light incense. I, I light sage. I sage everyone. It's really important that we're all here and we feel protected and we feel safe to have whatever experience we're going to have. We're holding a space for everyone to um, relieve themselves from something that's not serving them, period, right? So, um, but the more that we meditate, the easier it gets that your mind is not trying to inquire. Mm-hmm. Right? So when, um, especially when I come over with the drum, the drum is really, really intense, but it's a powerful uh, tool that people when you will feel empowered just by feeling the drum over you, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you feel like you are a part of the drum now. I love the way that feels. Yes, it's amazing. The vibration no, but- of the instrument is just as amazing as the sound. Right. So when I'm over people with a drum, I, I can see what's, you know, what might be happening. So um, that's why I say that over the years, I've noticed that, you know, some people will tend to panic because their, their mind's going to start questioning what is happening right now. I feel all this, whatever is bubbling up in me. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know where it's whatever it is. I don't know what's happening because when the sounds release these things that are stuck in our body, in our energy field, yeah, you're not going to know what to do with all that. Right. So when you breathe slow and deep into whatever's happening, you transcend it. I'm, and I tell people to sound healing is a modality that helps people to alleviate anything that's no longer serving them everything that's keeping them from being their, their best version of themselves. So true. So, but I'm administering sound and my purest intention is for everyone to be whole, happy and complete because mm-hmm. we're driving on the same super highway of this lifetime. It's really important that to me, that you're happy, that you're whole, you're complete, right? So I'm holding the space. The other part of this whole healing process is the person that is receiving. It's a two way. It, it's almost like I'm coming from my house. I'm going to meet you in the middle of the street. You're coming from your house and you're going to meet me in the middle of the street. And we're going to transcend whatever's not serving you right now. We have things to do. We don't need to be holding on to past things that we may not even realize that are there. Some people have no idea what traumas they have experienced in this life or other lives that is still stuck in some sort of version of themselves. And when these things come up, no, you're never going to understand that from any level. This mind, if I've known nothing, learned nothing about spirituality, don't ask any questions. You are never going to know anything. You're only going to be able to experience it from that experience. You will know. 
And then when you try to explain it to somebody, you're not going to be able to put two words together. Yeah. Because it's, because <laughs> it's not from that space of knowing. Yes. Yeah. I, I feel better. That's it. That's all I, I feel better. I can't say anything else. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I just feel better. Yeah. I, that's, and that's why I always want to get people to go experience it themselves because it's something you can't explain if you've never experienced it before. And one thing that I love that you said was about the feeling, you know, creating a sense of safety to feel whatever comes up. And I think mm -hmm. that that has really helped me, you know, like maybe when I didn't have the confidence in myself to feel whatever came up, that having that person with me who was doing the sound bath or the energy healing, I was confident in them that they could right. stand with me in it. And it's really actually very similar to coaching. I can stand in somebody's pain with them mm -hmm. and hold space for them while they're processing it. And I think that that is a great facilitator to us being able to do it on our own. And Absolutely. what you mentioned about questioning, I love that too, because it's so easy for us to get caught up in questioning why our kids are addicted and questioning why they're doing every single little mm. thing that they're doing that we're just only focused on the problem and we can't get focused on the solution. We just get stuck there. But that's another like discipline that helps us let go and just accept reality for what it is and quit questioning everything. And then it just, it's like the solutions just start moving in and filling up that space that right. we've opened up that we used to fill with questions. Exactly. And um, I'm like learning as we're talking, like <laughs> things that have actually really helped me grow and maybe why, you know, I've been able to process things pretty quickly. And I think it's because I'm putting together, you know, these experiences where I'm getting energy healing and sound baths with all of the coaching and other work that I do. I think that it really does work well together. I knew that before, but after our conversation, I'm like, this is amazing the way these two things support each other. Right. So the last question I want to ask is about, you talked earlier about working at the sober living place and working mm -hmm. with some of those women and um, how, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about it, how it helped them, because we've talked a lot about how it can help, you know, parents. And I think that um, for me, it's also provided a connection with my daughter. That's a big deal to me is connecting to her. You know, mm -hmm. I want to have that connection so that I'm like, the anchor on one side of her and she's got addiction on the other side of her pulling her, you know, the other way, but I want to maintain connection with her. And this is it's such an easy way to connect. Like when everything is tense, I can talk about crystals or chakras or something like that. It's a nice neutral subject that we're, she's always open to, but there's also, I think like when traditional things aren't working, or it works great alongside with traditional medicine or therapy. So what did you notice the women were getting out of the work you were doing with them? Well, it was interesting because of course my, my modality is totally different. You know, I, I'm just going with what I'm guided to, guided to do mm -hmm. to help. So I would have them, we would do yoga three times a week and meditation twice a week. And the days that we do in meditation, we would talk about something within an addiction. They would read one of their just for today books. And then we talk about that and something would bubble up from 
whatever's happening with within the group that day or that week so they would have something to kind of speak to and then after that I <laughs> I had these um angel cards and whenever I shuffle them at the very end they were just like when it first happened, they were, didn't know what was happening. And then I said, okay, well, you're, I'm going to connect with you. I'm going to shuffle them. Now, I don't know what happens. Again, this is one of those things you don't ask any questions because you're never going to know. Right. But a card or two or five or 10 will fall out of the deck, will just fall. Yeah. And it'll be exactly what it is that they're experiencing. And they need to, they need to look into some of them. One of them was, um, energy work i said okay so let me know when you want to have that energy session so we can do the reiki session and the sound healing session you know so it would it would give me a guidance and it would give them they can't they cannot lie or deceit or like one of the girls didn't have a sponsor and she had been there for three months without a sponsor right so of course newly in recovery you need a sponsor Mm-hmm. to help you the rest of it right so um the cards outed her <laughs> you know one of them they like eight cards came out and she goes oh man i gotta read all of these i'm like well let's do this put the cards all out so she put them all out i said now read from one end to the other each heading and it made a perfect sentence of what she needed to know That's so amazing. it's yeah so it's things like this we are spiritual being beings that we decided to inhabit a body my understanding in this process here we are two percent our physical body and that's amazing this body is amazing right yeah it recovers it seeks recovering every day it seeks balance it seeks harmony you put it in the right way it will it will recover right the physical the 98% of us, our spirit, our spiritual selves are, is on this beautiful journey. But what happens is the mind gets involved. So that's why the yogic and Vedic sciences are backing up meditation and pranayama breathwork to balance and keep this mind um, out of the picture. So you can feel into your self and ask the better questions of your, of your life. So they started to become a little more confident and what, when they would see like a butterfly would come right in front of them. So they became more aware of the things that they would not be aware of. Otherwise they were taking advantage or not. It's like, why is it pouring down when they were doing yoga? It is raiding cats and dogs, but we were under this covering. And one of the girls said, it's a horrible day. I'm like, you see a horrible day. I see a beautiful cleansing day today for this earth can you feel that and then they were able to change their perspective so it's when you have a negative dialogue constantly happening it creates more negative dialogues when you change that to a positive dialogue and it starts to invite more positive dialogues that's how sound and vibrations all it's all in the same thing right so um i hope i answered that question yeah you did that's such a great point too about how easy it is for us to get stuck in a negative state and then it becomes a state of being a part of who we are because our mind and body are in constant connection and so 
our body wants to stay the same. And so it's going to create more, we're going to create more thoughts to keep feeling how we feel. And mm -hmm. so if we interrupt that process with something positive, then we're going to want to stay in that positive state. So it works just as well both ways, you know, so we could, but we can use it for our own good if we know how it works. So I think that um, a lot of times we get stuck in the differences between us and our kids, but I think we're very similar in that way that we, when we're stuck, like in, you know, for me in the very beginning, I was really the only difference between me and my daughter was I just wasn't using anything, but I was acting pretty similar to her <laughs> and my thought processes were very similar. I was just acting it out in my life in a different way. And so I think like seeing that similarity was such a blessing and helped me to connect with her more and stop judging her. And, um, but it also taught me like how to get myself out of that state and seeking things to help me have like I used to hear that, like, um, you know, like it, just the thought that your thoughts really do create your life sounded mm -hmm. so just out there to me. But I mean, there's science that backs it up. Right. Like that really does create our life. It doesn't matter what we believe, we're going to create that in our reality. Right. So I think that, again, having something, a different perspective, anything like um, a sound bath or yoga or, you know, the angel cards or anything like that is a great way to just interrupt those processes. And it's hard to hear that, right? That you, you're creating your own reality. It's hard to hear that you're, that we would take responsibility for what's happening in our life, whether it's this yeah. positive or negative, right? No one wants to take responsibility, which is what I find that really, um, keeps people from doing a daily meditative practice. They don't want to take responsibility. They don't want to step up to the plate. So uh, I know you talked about something about the, the thoughts in the mind and, and, and the heart. And this is a nice, if you can think of it in this way, when people say, um, you ask them, how, what do you think about this? They'll give you a, a surface answer of what they think about what you're asking. Let's say you're looking at a painting. What do you think about that painting? Well, it's nice. There's not really a lot of words that would bubble up when someone says, what are you thinking about something? But if you ask the same person about the painting and you tell them, look at it and ask them, what do you feel about that painting? Mm. And really feel into the painting. Now what, I mean, close your eyes. I, even just, I just said that I have a whole zip of energy that just went right down the back of my legs. Feeling has your heart, the magnetic field around your heart is 5,000 times stronger than the magnetic field around your, your brain. Oh, wow. So when you are thinking about something I, I refer it to as the attic. It's creepy. It's no one likes to be up there very long. It's yeah. scary. If you go down the stairs and go into the living room where the fireplace is, the dog is there, the family is nice and cozy, watching TV together, spending family quality time, that is your heart. That is the warmth that your heart has. So if we're able to ask our question, like how, what, what is it I can do right now that would better this situation? How can I feel into this that I would, I would feel what it is I can do for this? And you don't have to know all the answers. As soon as you pose a positive question, like you said a minute ago, Heather, so eloquently, but somehow some, the answers fill themselves in, yeah. but we just have to get out of our way from our minds and our thought process. 
because the 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 mind is is like a court jester, a little very tricky little thing. Yes. <laughs> it's like it's like what so if you can catch it early on, you'll be okay. Yeah. Let me just drop in how am I feeling right now? <laughs> Let's just start there. Take everything off the table and let me see how I'm feeling. What about this is making me feel a certain way? And and and, and you've probably taught people this in your coaching practices. How can you activate yourself from trying to feel something? The, the biggest thing and the best thing is to find what you appreciate. What do I appreciate right now? What am I grateful for right now? Yes. And but some people, right. And some people, you know, the, the women in sober and recovery, they they got all that schooling in, in their treatment center. So they don't, that's the last thing that they want to hear. Right. And the last thing, <laughs> tell me what you, what do you appreciate right now? I don't appreciate anything. So just, if you had to pick one thing, what, what would you appreciate? Well, I appreciate my mom. Okay. When you ask them why, fill in that, that drops them into the heart center. Mm, yeah. Why, why do you appreciate your mom? And give me a few of them. Cause I'm sure there's more than one. Oh my gosh. I could, I could be here all day long about how I, how I appreciate my mother. Right. You can yeah. that, but if, if you think about it, it's like, it's, it's just, just two different energies. And we're so, so we, resistant to that. It's so funny because <laughs> I'm thinking of all of the times that like there was something I really needed to work on, uh, like, and I didn't want to, and it would come up like with in the angel cards or something on, I would always start crying because, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not a crier, but it's so funny. Like that was my instant signal that that was my resistance and I did not want to go there. And it was absolutely where I needed to go. So I think it's so important to listen to those signals. Like you were saying that these women were resistant to whatever it was that they needed in that moment, like the gratitude. And uh, yeah, like just knowing our own signals is really important too, like so that we can catch it sooner and stop ourselves. Instead of me crying for an hour, I'm like, oh, I'm crying because I'm in resistance and okay, I get it. You know, this is what I need to do and I can surrender to it. Right, right. So you can ask yourself, you know, the same thing with meditation. People avoid meditation because they don't set the space prior. They fail at something because you didn't already plan for that prior, right? So um they have, uh, if you ask yourself, what, how can I make this more fun? Yes. I love that. It's my favorite question. <laughs> yes. How can I make this? Cause you, you, you hear, you feel the resistance. Okay. I, I, and you honor that. Okay. I hear you, Lindy, you're resisting this. How can I make this more fun? What can I do right now that would make this really exciting for me to do? Yes. Right. So then your mind starts looking for something different. So I, when I coach people on meditation, the main reason why people don't meditate or they, I feel, I feel they do not set the space prior to sitting down and meditating. They already in their mind saying, Oh, I suck at this. I can't meditate. I can't get out of my head. I, my body hurts. I can't, I'm not going to be able to do that. And I hear that with yoga. I can't do yoga because I'm not flexible. Well, thank God yoga does not have any prerequisites. The only thing that's keeping you from doing yoga is your mind. Yes. And so if you can meet yourself right where you are, then, and, and say, it's okay to do this yoga practice, then you will be okay. So like, similarly, when you are going to eat a dinner at home, you've already gone to the grocery store. You have picked your menu. You have cooked. You have set your place. You might've been lit a candle or two and you're sitting down to dine. Yes. Everything is in line. 
it's feel that is a total feel good. If you're meditating, you people some most are like, oh, dragging themselves to sit down and meditate because <laughs> they haven't even set the space yet. So I encourage them, okay, just tell yourself you're going to meditate tomorrow morning at whatever time is good for you. So let's say eight o'clock is a good time for them. You're going to light a candle. You're going to light an incense stick, maybe put some soft music, and you're going to just invite yourself to sit for five minutes. And the only thing that you're going to do is just watch your breath as much, as best as you can. Every so often, a little drip of a thought will, will slip in. Don't kill yourself over that. Just acknowledge the thought is there. And then you go back to the breath. But here you've already set your mind. So the mind will be that thing that's going to try to derail you your whole lifetime unless you get an understanding on how you can be the master of your mind instead of your mind being the master of you. Now, I don't like the word control. People say, oh, how you can control your mind? Well, you don't control anything because that's also resistance, mm-hmm. right? You can understand how it operates and then make it fun. Yeah. Because no one wants to do something you don't, you're not going to have fun with. Yeah, we have to create that sacred space and right. and make it fun. I mean, that's actually part of the fun for me is I like, you know, getting my diffuser going and what oil am I going to use and what crystals do I want it? You like, you know, I mean, it's like a whole process. I would have never done stuff like that for myself before. But now I think everything of like, I just make things a ritual and make it pleasing to me and it just makes it so much easier to create that mm-hmm. sacred space, even to sit down and do thought work or something like that. Like I have a whole thing on that before I coach with somebody, like the email that they get tells them to, you know, create a sacred space for themselves. So it's, they can really show up for the coaching call instead <laughs> of being, you know, in the middle of a busy place and they're totally distracted and they're not really taking the time for themselves. Right. It's so important. Right. And it's really just that, that opportunity to get out of your own way, you yeah. know? So you're on your side. What can I do right now to, to eat more healthy, to be more kind, to be more loving, you know, you invite these things in and you start creating those practices. And just like you said, now you're, you're excited about picking different oils to infuse with, with each meditation. And now you're able to go deeper and deeper. Once you've gotten all that stuff out of the way where the resisting of sitting down, once you start to meditate and you open that door of you're able to go somewhere in your meditation, then that, just like you picking your oils becomes like, oh, I can't wait what happens during my meditations this morning. Yeah. You know, you are excited to do it because something happens. Yes. So true. You know. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. The first thing that happens when I go to the beach meditation is because I can never get there early enough. Last week I thought <laughs> I was going to get there early to be close. I want to be close. <laughs> and then there was an accident. So I got there even later. Like I thought I was going to get there early, but it was late. But the first thing that happens once I drop in is I feel like I'm right next to you. And wow. it's so funny. I was like, did she move the first time it happened? <laughs> I know that she couldn't have moved all those instruments. <laughs> and so I'm just like, it doesn't matter where I sit because I'm going to be right next to her anyway. Exactly. So, There's no bad seats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we could just create, like, I could have been upset about it and ruined my whole experience because I wasn't close, but I just relaxed into it. Next thing you know, like, there it is. I'm right next to you doesn't matter if I really was or not. It felt like it. I could feel everything. And it was just, you know, just made the experience that much better for me. So 
we can think that's create it for ourselves. Yeah. And it's that practice that you've already started with yourself. You know, before you said a moment ago, you wouldn't have done that before. You wouldn't have picked any essential oils to meditate with. You wouldn't have done that. Now that you've done that, now you've gotten to a habit of this positive meditation and you're practicing it on your own. When you get somewhere, not a lot of people can just zip in after having an accident and being, you know, clogged up on the road to come in and, and lay in for meditation and be as open as you are. Yeah. It takes practice. Yeah. And that, if I can say nothing else, meditation is a practice. Yes. Is that your cat? It is. <laughs> she hears me talking. <laughs> That's funny. So I think that we have, I mean, this was even better than I hoped it was going to be. We covered such That's great so relative information. And so I know that people are going to want to know more about you and especially about your app if they're interested in any kind of sound bath. So you want to tell people how they can get a hold of you and how to get the app? Yes, absolutely. Thank you for that, Heather. Um, so my name is Lindy Romez. You can email me at my Gmail account. So L-I-N-D-Y-R-O-M-E-Z at gmail.com. My phone number is 407-430-2575. So you can <laughs> so you can message me or call me. I had to yell at her for a second. <laughs> and then um, the app is called EchoSync Meditation and Sound Healing App. And it's now available on Android and iOS. There are some things that are changing. I may be changing the whole platform over to a YouTube channel. So it'll be, so right now the YouTube channel is available. If people want to go on there and subscribe to the channel, I'm going to start making some changes and adding the content on there. So it's available for them to stream anytime they want to. What's and the if they, channel called? It's Echo Sync Meditation, but oh. I mean, it, yeah, they Thanks can. The app. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And of course they can always contact me and, and I can direct them to where, and if you're looking for, um, meditation or sound healing in the area. It's, um, I have it, the information on meetup. So you can also go in there and become a member of meetup, be a member of the meditation or the sound bath meditation on Gulfport beach. And you'll see, um, the membership is there. And if I have to cancel it for whatever reason, the weather or whatnot, then I can send a message to people. Yeah, that was how I found it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. and I'll put links to that in the show notes to everything you said as well. So that, um, if you're driving and you're panicked because you want this information, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can put the information in the show notes. So you'll know how to get a hold of her too. So thank you so right, much right. for being on here today. It was such a great talk. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Heather. It was a, a wonderful experience for me too. Thank you so much. Thank you for having this for our community as well, for the ones that are suffering with their, their kids and addiction. You know, the same thing that, you know, veterans are suffering with right now, you know, the suicide rates are so high mm-hmm. and we are all affected by one another. So when one yeah. suffers, I truly believe um, others suffer. So mm-hmm. um, it's very important that we're able to give them the information like you're doing here on this platform. So thank you for doing the beautiful work that you do. Thank, thank you. you so much. So welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to learn more about my work, go to heatherrosscoaching.com. If you want to help other parents who are struggling with a child's addiction, you can do it two different ways. 
first, you can share the podcast with them directly, or you can share it on your social media. Second, you can leave a review. Talk to you next week.